Hi friends, my name is Jody Swee and I'm a life coach and spiritual director traveling the country with my family in an RV as we seek to find the joy in the journey. I've been studying the Bible for over 20 years and I freaking love it. I'm sharing it with you in hopes that you will discover that you do too. We're going to start by claiming this space and this time for our peace and transformation. I want you to take a few deep breaths, really good ones, where you inhale for a few counts and exhale for a few counts and acknowledge that you are not alone, that wherever you are, the spirit of the Lord is right there with you. Jesus, I ask that you would show up today in new ways for all of us. Help us to see through the eyes of Paul and his story. Help us learn from him and hear the invitation you have for us through his story. It's your name I pray. Amen. Okay, so today we're continuing our contemplation of the reality of Jesus through the eyes of Saul slash Paul. Last time we looked at Acts 9 when Saul met Jesus on the road to Damascus and Jesus kablammed him into a deeper understanding and then set him on a path to become one of the most influential apostles in God's story thus far. Saul slash Paul is credited with writing 13 of the 27 books in the New Testament. And knowing his history makes the reading of these 13 books so much richer, especially with what we're looking at today in Galatians 1, 11 through 24. But before we get to that, I want to talk about how Saul became Paul, because I don't know about you, but I've been wondering about it as I've been preparing this content. I thought I knew, but I want to do a little digging to confirm and spending some time with it. It really brought me to a deeper understanding of the invitation which Saul slash Paul accepted. The same invitation that the Lord is offering to you and I today. Now, side note, for the sake of simplicity, I am just going to refer to him as Paul from here on out because saying and hearing Saul slash Paul is going to get annoying. So Paul, he was from Tarsus, which is in southern Turkey. Paul's family was Jewish but they were also Roman citizens. And it was common for people within that group to have both a Jewish name and a Gentile one. Now, Gentile just means someone who's not Jewish. But in this particular context, Gentile mostly refers to the Romans. You see, Rome was the ruling government and the Jewish people only had the power and status that were given to them by the Romans, which meant that Paul probably used his Gentile name when dealing with Romans and his Jewish name, Saul, when he was with his people. Today, the idea of someone feeling like they have to change their name to adapt to a different culture is super cringy and still all too common. It's a yucky thing, and I want to acknowledge it without digging into it because while it illustrates our devastatingly long history of brokenness in the area of racial equality, it also illustrates what the pursuit of wholeness in Christ looks like in one person. And that is what I want to focus on today. In all of the books of the Bible that he is credited with writing, Paul never refers to himself as Saul. It's always I, Paul. And I don't think it's because he rejected or was embarrassed by his history or his people. I think it's because those things were no longer where he found his identity. 
He had found his identity in something bigger, as he writes in 2 Corinthians 5, 16 through 20, which I'm going to read to you from the message. He says this, We look inside, and what we see is that anyone united with the Messiah gets a fresh start, is created new. The old life is gone, a new life emerges. Look at it. All this comes from the God who settled the relationship between us and him and then called us to settle our relationships with each other. God put the world square with himself through the Messiah, giving the world a fresh start by offering forgiveness of sins. God has given us the task of telling everyone what he is doing. We're Christ's representatives. God uses us to persuade men and women to drop their differences and enter into God's work of making things right between them. We're speaking for Christ himself now. Become friends with God. He's already a friend with you. Paul's identity was in his role as a beloved child of God, rescued and redeemed by Jesus. Not only was he rescued and redeemed, but he was called to be a representative to a very specific group of people the Gentiles who knew him as Paul. This is what he said in 1 Corinthians 9, 19-23, again from the message. He says, Even though I am free of the demands and expectations of everyone, I have voluntarily become a servant to any and all in order to reach a wide range of people, religious, non-religious, meticulous moralists, loose-living immoralists, the defeated, the demoralized, whomever. I didn't take on their way of life. I kept my bearings in Christ, but I entered their world and tried to experience things from their point of view. I've become just about every sort of servant there is in my attempts to lead those I meet into a God-saved light. I did all of this because of the message. I didn't just want to talk about it. I wanted to be in on it. Paul was so incredibly confident in his faith, in his identity as a beloved of Christ. It's amazing. And not only was he confident, but he taught with such authority that rang with truth. But if you remember from our last study, Paul never met Jesus when he was on earth. He never had a chance to learn from him in the traditional way. And that's where we find our invitation for today's message as we look at Paul's words in Galatians 1, 11 through 24. This one's from the NIV. I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that the gospel I preached is not something that man made up. I did not receive it from any man, nor was I taught it. Rather, I received it by revelation from Jesus Christ. For you have heard of my previous ways of life in Judaism, how intensely I persecuted the church of God and was trying to destroy it. I was advancing in Judaism beyond many Jews of my own age and was extremely zealous for the traditions of my fathers. But when God, who set me apart from birth, and called me by his grace, was pleased to reveal his son in me so that I may preach him among the Gentiles, I did not consult any man, nor did I go up to Jerusalem to see those who were apostles before I was. But I went immediately into Arabia and later returned to Damascus. Then, after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to get acquainted with Peter, who was one of the OG disciples, and stayed with him for 15 days. I saw none of the other apostles, only James the Lord's brother. I assure you before God that what I am writing you is no lie. I was personally unknown to the churches of Judea that are in Christ. They only heard the report. The man who formerly persecuted us is now preaching the faith he once tried to destroy. And they praise God because of me. Okay, fun fact. This two-part look at the reality of Jesus was inspired by this passage in Galatians. I was gobsmacked by what I realized, which 
is funny because I've actually spent a lot of time with Paul over the years. I've read his words, I've studied his words, challenged them. In seminary, I even spent time debating whether in fact they were his words. There's just so much to his writing. There's So there's plenty to go around. And that's actually why I was so gobsmacked by this. Paul's writings are prolific and profound. He put words around huge theological concepts that help us grasp at a better understanding of who God is. And as he said in verses 11 and 12, his revelation was not handed down to him through tradition or anyone else. He says, I received it by revelation from Jesus Christ. For all of you out there who have ever questioned how Jesus could be relevant to your life when you can't see or hear him, this is for you. As Paul shows us in some freaking astounding ways, Jesus can and will reveal himself to his people and invite them into a life of purpose. Maybe some of you have even doubted the validity of Jesus. But man, knowing Paul's story and then reading his words, it's incredibly hard to believe he could have possibly made all of it up. In ways I haven't experienced in a while, this study of Paul reminded me that Jesus is real. Not only is he real, but even though he no longer walks this earth as a man, he can and still does reveal himself to his people. And more importantly, invites them to find their identity in his love for them, which is bigger than race, sex, or economic status. Let's spend a few minutes with our deep breathing right now and ask the Lord what he has for you in the midst of all of this. Have you begun to doubt that Jesus is real or that he would ever reveal himself to you? Have you found your identity in something other than his love for you? Is it time for you to embrace an expansion of your identity to be more than this world offers? Or is it something else? Let's spend a few minutes here and let the Holy Spirit show us. Lord Jesus, you are real to me today in new ways, and I pray that my friends listening right now would have a similar experience. Wherever they are, whatever is stirring up in them right now, I just pray that it would incite a desire to learn more about you to spend more time with you and see what you might have for them. Amen. Now let's take a minute to pray for our people. Let's just spend a little time here and allow the Lord to bring to mind anybody who might need your prayers today, whatever that may be. Or maybe you are to pray that they may experience reality of Jesus in new ways for themselves. We'll take a few minutes here. I'd like to end our time together today with one of my favorite Paul quotes, and it has no direct correlation with anything we've talked about today other than it's by Paul and it's also in Galatians. It's just one of my faves that I would really love to share with you, and it's from Galatians 1. Am I now trying to win the approval of men or of God? Or am I still trying to please men? If I were still trying to please men, I would not be a servant of God. Thank you so much for listening to Live Idlewild with Jody Swee. If you are loving this stuff and want someone to process with to figure out how it applies to your life, don't hesitate to reach out to me. That is a huge part of what I do as a life coach and spiritual director. And you can try a session for free. Just head on over to my website, jodyswee.com and schedule it today. Until next time, my friends. 
May you live in the love and joy of Jesus and allow it to grow wild within you until it overflows to others.